0: In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright.
1: In brightest day,
0: in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight that those who worship evil's might beware my power green lantern's light. pretty cool huh hi everybody i'm chad vocalman i'm mark marble
2: i'm corwin Kroll.
0: i'm myron rumsey i'm phil bova i'm dan kurtzky and i'm
3: jim ford and this is the lantern cast Episode 500. Woohoo! <laughs> I was waiting for that. Somebody had to do it. <laughs> could have oh, been a group man. woo, but no. We, put, no we, we, could just, we could just put Ric Flair in instead and call it even. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do that. It might be better. Woo! <laughs> oh. <laughs> woo!
0: Woo! So, 500 episodes, numbered episodes of The Lantern Cast, 14 years recording, and actually including all the spinoffs and stuff, we're almost at a total of 600 released episodes. So, tonight's a big deal.
3: Is it? (laughs) For some of us, yes. Some of us, maybe not. (laughs)
1: Fair
3: enough.
4: (laughs) Does this mean that we're going to do like the comics do and we'll put out 500 and then in a couple of weeks we'll put out 600.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. How many covers for tonight's episode? <laughs> I got
0: Dan Mora to do a special variant and then, uh, Jamal Campbell, unfortunately couldn't make it, but
1: <laughs> I'm going to need the art germ. <laughs>
0: Oh man! So to celebrate, we are going to have a nice roundtable tonight and do our semiannual state of the Green Lantern Union. Um, basically, the gist of this episode, if you guys haven't uh, listening out there haven't heard it before, is we talk about the uh, the current state of the Green Lantern universe in terms of publication, animation, film, merchandise, whatever alley we really want to go down. Uh, and then talk about where things are, are headed, where we want them to head. Now, because you have Mark and myself and then Myron and Phil on here, you have two different groups of Green Lantern podcasters who have been talking about current Green Lantern stuff. So we're going to go ahead and skew the where we are, where we've been. Uh, about Green Lantern because if you want to listen to that content, it's on podcast of Oa or on the Lantern Cast. So what we're gonna start off tonight is where we're headed. Um, we've gotten some solicits out. Um, about where we're headed with um the Green Lantern comics. Obviously, we're still waiting on the one shot Emerald Knight featuring John Stewart, but after that, it sounds like in the Dawn of DC, we will have a Hal Jordan centric title. And then, a little later, a John Stewart centric title. So where are we headed with um with those two titles with anything uh, we have news breaking, um you know, here and there about the changes to the Green Lantern TV show, basically, the future of Green Lantern as it's already been announced and uh, what we can
1: piece together from that, Where are we headed from here? the The TV show. Is that still going to happen? Because I, I heard that they were going to be adjusting it to focus on Jon Stewart. But is that still happening now at all?
3: Yes, we, th- we think so. Unless James Gunn has something else to say about it, I
1: suppose. Because it seems like the kind of thing where, like, they made those changes, like, pretty recently. and uh, you know, And then all of a sudden they announced after that that James Gunn was taking over. So, you know, like if if they have a TV show that they're basically retooling completely and now focusing on completely different characters, then that means that there's like there's nothing that they've done already. There's nothing there's there's nothing like where they invested a bunch of money. So, you know, like. It would be real easy for James Gunn to be like, yeah, you know what? We're going to, you know, we're going to cancel that. And we're actually going to focus on a movie instead.
2: When when exactly is supposed to be the release date for the series? <laughs>
3: there, there ain't none, Corman. Because <laughs> as, Jim, as Jim pointed out, that pretty much the whole series was being designed with the idea of having multiple Green Lanterns. It was multi-generational. You were going to have Alan Scott. You were going to have Guy. I think you were going to have Jessica amongst amongst others. And now it was being retooled to be a John Stewart st- centric show, which had we have no idea how much of the basic premise of what they originally thought was going to carry over into making it John centric, John Stewart centric. Say that a thousand times fast. Uh, I thought
2: I thought it was like wasn't it supposed to be like 2024? They never gave a year or anything.
3: No, because it's, I, in theory it's a. We probably should have had it already if things gotcha. like everything else, if they had not, because they announced that they announced that right, right when HBO. I think they announced that before HBO Max was even officially on the air, did they not? That was one of those things that was coming down the road before HBO Max was even officially launched. Was I guess Two one of the reasons ago, we ran was... out and got HBO Max right away because we knew that thing was coming. It was definitely supposed to be out at least this year. I would say that's accurate. Probably 2022 probably should have been the target date originally. And now who knows? Because because you're taking it back to script level, so you have no idea how long that's that's going to take. And again, you don't know if now the focal it may very well come down to what how what how James Gunn views the Green Lantern Corps. And obviously he's hinted that he has plans for the Green Lantern Corps. So it comes down to does that fit into what his plans are? And if if not, then does that mean the show might end up not really ever getting out of neutral?
4: Well, I was going to say that the announcement that this show is being ret- retooled was relatively recently. Like, as we're recording it, it was, it was within, I think, the last month. And since then, like, I forget exactly what the wording was, but I saw James Gunn actually respond to someone on Twitter. I I, I think it was the real James Gunn. Who can tell anymore? <laughs> but It, it was. But if somebody was commenting on how like, oh, boy, there's I bet there's not going to be a Green Lantern in the new plans for the DCU. And James James Gunn replied, basically saying that would be a very bad bet to make or something like that. I believe that the new leadership or stewardship or whatever you want to call it of the DC film and TV departments are going to be doing something with Green Lantern it's just going to take a couple years again because everything was set back to square one but it sounds like it sounds like the creative leads of DC's film whatever they're calling it do have something they want to do with Green Lantern it's just probably going to be wildly different from everything we think we know about the prior version of the show because not only is the cast completely completely changing they're also reportedly going to have a much lower budget, which is which is like something we have to kind of keep in perspective because originally the Green Lantern Show was going to be I think that someone said like the most expensive like superhero television show ever made, or something like that. So it's going to be scaled back. The size of the cast is probably going to be scaled back, and we just we're not going to know anything for a probably a long
0: time, I think. I think too, it's 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 not only the budget has been scaled back, and what that means for the show is, I, I obviously the question is how far has it been scaled fat back, but is the point to which it has been scaled back sufficient for the story that they want to tell? Because when you hear that they have cut back the budget for something that you know is going to be as effects heavy as something Green Lantern based it's a little concerning to be hearing that the budget cuts have happened now obviously the reality of it is is to what extent but it 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 is your it is
1: of concern the the thing about the effects though is that like the digital effects are getting cheaper and cheaper like to the point where you could effectively make ring constructs like on an iphone so from that perspective you know, like the the biggest thing about, you know, the show is now relatively cheap. Now, I mean, as far as like uh, sets and things like that, like that stuff would take a lot of money. But by the same token, like you can do a Green Lantern show that take, takes place on Earth and, you know, like have relatively simple backgrounds and things like that. And still tell a compelling story. Now, if you wanted like some kind of like mega space opera, like that would take a ton of money, but like that's the kind of thing that they should be doing with a movie where you have more money for that. Whereas, you know, like when they first did the Green Lantern movie, like they were spending all their money on effects and you didn't really get that much bang for your buck back then.
5: Yeah, you know, I my only concern is that the budget cuts are so drastic that the CGI is crayon generated images
1: yeah I think
0: do we think that what we've seen with Jade and Stargirl is a good marker like do of the people here who have seen Stargirl and seen the seasons and the the episodes or at least an episode with Jade and her using the constructs and the the stuff like that, do we think that looks good enough or is that c w standards or does that prove that we're ready for this or what?
2: Yeah, I mean, I th- I think it's pretty solid. I'm loving Stargirl. I'm kind of sad to see it ending. But um, I think it depends on how deep they're trying to go. Because, like, I mean, Lord of the Rings level or Rings of Power level of stuff is just ridiculously gorgeous, which we may not necessarily need. I think we need a strong, strong story. You know, we need something captivating. Because even with mid-level CGI, if the story is real good. Sometimes people don't even care.
6: I was gonna say with I think with James Gunn and I think with, with this whole leadership change or whatever you wanna call it, I mean you, you may have budget cuts, sure, but at the same time, I think moving forward what you're gonna see is an ultimate shift and in and how they're gonna approach each individual project they're gonna do. And a lot of people are like talking about like Black Adam being the barometer, and I don't think that's a fair assumption to make when it comes to more or less And I think we'll all agree resetting the DC universe as it is, you know, I mean, I think the flash is supposed to ultimately be the marker for that. But I would imagine following the flash, I would imagine there's going to be some kind of move with Green Lantern in the works all leading up to it before that even comes out. And I, I would I would think they'd probably put a little bit of money into it. I mean, for all intents and purposes, the original film looked decent even by the standards at that time, you know, and sure there's some criticism to it, but it still looked okay. You know, it's still, it, was, it still was doable and it still worked. I, I would imagine they won't, they won't chump change it at the end of the day. It wouldn't
3: be in their best interest to do that. So I don't, that's, I think you're right. I don't think there's any logical reason why they would, because as we're finding out with, you know, with Batgirl, that's one of the things that supposedly is, you know, put the kibosh on that seeing the light of day and HBO max was the, was the overall quality from their perspective arguably
4: regarding star girl like all the green lantern stuff they do on that show does look good and that's in the context of it being one small effects piece in a larger show that's also doing you know star girl flying around on the cosmic staff a fully animated cg stripe robot walking around you have the thunderbolt like flying all over the place granting wishes like there's a lot of of special effects heavy superpowers in that show and they still manage to pull off kind of like kind of a bare bones expression of what a green lantern is capable of but still one that looks good for what it is so so if we're talking about a TV show that is explicitly focused on Green Lantern and even has a budget comparable to star girl. Then I think that, I think that what we see from Jade and live action on star girl is, is like the sub, the sub basement and we sh- should be expecting something even uh, better looking.
6: I would argue that the CW could have already done a Green Lantern show by now. You know, I think, a couple of years, they could have entrenched themselves into some kind of, uh, you know, world building, you know, to cross over, you know. And I've, and I know this might be a different of opinion, but I was always a I was always a proponent for Grant Gustin to even carry over the helm of Barry Allen to the big screen. I thought that would have been a great jump point for him to do so. To me, I, I wish that moving forward they would integrate both those realms, because I don't see any reason why you can't have your 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 telling to the television audience, you know, much like they do with the Disney stuff with with all the Marvel things, you know. And and you, sure you'd have your big gems that you go to the movie theaters to see, you know, your big your big game movies. Um but as far as these actors go, I mean, you know, Grant Gustin's always been great with the Flash. You know, they could have easily introduced a Green Lantern by now, uh, even by the standards that you guys were talking about with Jaden. I haven't seen all of Stargirl. I think I quit watching it after season 1. Sadly, but again, I'll go back to what I say about the original uh, movie. You know, even small special effects could go a long way.
0: Yeah, I just, um, I think, I think the best bet with the uh, because it, it, the the CW universe is ending. We got flash ending. We've got the Batwoman show canceled. Star Girl's been canceled now. It seems like for now, Superman and Lois may be safe. Um, I'm not sure what else is out there and safe, um, but it seems like a lot of it is. Coming to the two ends, but I know that supposedly James Gunn and Peter Safran, if I'm remembering that name correctly, uh, is uh, have a ten year plan. That well, maybe not yet. I, I think last we heard they're they're working. Their goal is a ten year plan. Section of DC that they're overseeing is not just film; it's also television, animation, stuff like that. So. It's very possible we could see an interconnected universe and I think given DC's track record in terms of what they believe is going to sell, events-wise, Crisis, um, that they're going to lean heavy into the idea that people are down for multiverse-type hijinks and um, play with that concept as long as they can, uh, as best they can, uh, because that's kind of been their deal since the original Crisis. And even before, with all the crossovers and stuff from different Earths and Justice League titles.
4: Well, also the fact that Marvel already proved that you can do it. Like we're we're a few years deep into every Marvel movie that comes out in theaters and every Marvel TV show that comes out on Disney Plus is all in one world together. And you know, <laughs> thinking about when the CW did their own Crisis events, like stretching across all their shows. They went out of their way to say, hey, yeah, by the way, the movies are also in the same multiverse as the TV shows like they like they had the Ezra Miller Flash meet the Grant Gustin Flash. They showed a few different movie scenes from different like Green Lantern was one of them and they just like gave multiversal Earth numbers to them. So like they've already done the work and set the stage that, you know, what. There's a multiverse in their movies and TV like they can cross all of it. They can do whatever they want. And I think I think they would benefit from kind of riding the popularity of of what Marvel's doing right now, just in the fact that the MCU has already done the heavy lift, lifting of getting the general public used to that idea.
2: I was actually going to switch pace a little bit and ask everybody like, where do they want this series to start? Uh, Do they want, what do you guys, what do you guys want? Do you guys want this Green Lantern series to start at the very beginning, Hal getting his ring, et cetera, et cetera, or do you guys want a veteran Hal and just, you know, knee deep in the core from the beginning?
6: Well, I don't want an origin story. I'd I'd rather have it, I'd rather have it start off, maybe not knee deep, but I'd rather have it start off with with some kind of premise already already established, and you could you can well off of uh, an origin concept w- within your narrative moving forward through whatever if you're doing a series or a movie. I just I think origin stories I think they're a good idea. They can also be a you know they can also be slow and kind of drudging you know often at times it just depends on what your take is as a fan more often than not i would assume that fans want to get thrust right into the action they want to see what's going on they want to see the costumes they want to see the good times but i just i think that i think a slow burn would would work better maybe and then do your flashback sequences
1: i want to see the show start with like a huge action scene and then have like john stewart's inner monologue be like Well, maybe I should go back to the beginning and explain how all this happened.
0: (laughs) Um, I personally would want it to go like Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. He's Green Lantern. He's there. He's been Green Lantern. We don't need to know much more. Go for it. If we need an origin, we'll figure it out later. I think we're past the point of needing needing origins anymore. And we've seen that with a couple of different films. So.
5: Yeah, I agree with you, Chad. I think we're we're past the point where we need to do origin stories. I think we can do that in in flashback if we need to if there are key points about the origin, but I think kind of saddling an audience with an origin story that's already available in other ways is kind of, I don't know, it's it's a little boring at this point.
2: Yeah, I was going to mention that um they can do one of those secret origin flashback like Jeff John did and you know, give us that little bit of extra stuff that we that they haven't quite explored yet.
3: I just I forgot to unraise my hand. I thought that might have been the case, but we well, but Dan, Dan's Dan's going to step in for you and save you. Oh, no. Right under the
4: bus. Run him over. <laughs> uh, no, I mostly agree. Like, I I don't need an origin story. I wonder how many people do just because Green Lantern isn't as popular as some other characters, you know, you know, we never just need to see another Spider-Man or super, like I never need to see Krypton explode again. I get it, but Green Lantern, eh, maybe, you know, but if they did, I would kind of want to see them play with it. Like, I know we won't have a generational aspect like it was going to, but if we had something like say, you know, John Stewart just got his ring and, He meets like a uh, an older Hal Jordan who used to be Green Lantern 30 years ago, and they have kind of like a mentor mentee role. Then you can get some flashbacks to Hal in the glory days. And while in the present, he and John have kind of a a similar relationship that like Kyle and Alan had in the comics, that kind of thing. But yeah, largely, I just kind of want to get in there and and get moving.
2: We need the four horsemen.
1: No, I was just going to say that I do need to see Krypton explode um, over and over again, uh, preferably in a montage.
5: I think if the intent is to have a Green Lantern series and a movie franchise, uh, I think, you know, in introducing John and using that as our gateway to what the Green Lantern Corps is about and then going into the the movie franchise and, and showing Hal and Guy in, in their primes and, and doing, you know, the Four Horsemen thing, as was just mentioned, is a great way to go because at least – People who are watching the TV show get that introduction, and then we get to see all of them have some great adventures together and see the camaraderie, which is something we haven't seen before. It's something fresh.
0: Yeah, and thank you for the segue because I'm going to use that uh, because you mentioned the films. We supposedly still have a film film that's supposed to come out. What was it? Mad dog or mad ghost or whatever the hell the studio name is for Jeff Johns and stuff is uh, producing.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> how many, how many years ago were we supposed to get the update right after new years? <laughs> Wasn't that like at least two years or not three years ago? That's yeah. that it's pretty, it's pretty safe to say that project is, is, is DOA. I mean, it's not like they can you turn to him in some advisory capacity, but, I think what I mean the fact that we have heard nothing about that but that's why Hal and John weren't supposed to be part of the TV show because they were supposed to be in the movie so now so I think I think
0: though that that's the, the, you know part the part of the factor we have to consider when we talk about the TV show is we just talked a minute ago about interconnectedness and you know is is everything in the same universe or a different part of the multiverse or things like that Uh, A lot of the questions about how this show will be told and if it will or will not have an origin and things like that really rely on, A, are we getting a Green Lantern movie? And B, is that movie going to be in some way connected to the TV show? Because if both things are true, then that gives us a better idea of what the TV show could theoretically look like.
3: And how they frame it, because they're not going to they're not they're not they're you could theoretically still do an older how. But you can do like, cause like, like Dan said, you probably can not do like a thirty-year-old. Or he, he was, he was Green Lantern a long time ago because you're still going, you're going to want to have Hal Jordan in, in the DCU, and that's so. Go ahead, Corman.
2: Agreed. And the synergy was the one thing I was also wanted to kind of get into because, for example, the whole um, Love and Thunder movie. I feel they wasted so much potential with gore and having to force Jane in there. I felt like they would have given Jane like a two or three episode TV series just about her. They could bring it right into the movie and just keep it moving. How do you guys feel about Green Lantern? Like TV series can have building, the character growth and everything. And then just like the events will be the movies. You know, you have your War War of Light or Blackest Night actual movies itself. And the series is where you get most of the characters and stuff.
0: I think it, I think it would be interesting to do that. Uh, I'd almost want to kind of buffer between the two. So you have the series, a couple episodes or an entire season, however it works. And you then, then you said the movie. But what if, like, immediately after the TV series, we see them in the next group movie, whatever if Avengers film or some sort of team up crossover, cool cameo type moment. And then we get the film, you know, because... You give a chance, you know, whether or not it's needed these days is kind of up for grabs. I don't know that we have that data fully at this point, uh, even for as long as we've had streaming services. Um, but I do feel that the data is still kind of up in the air on whether or not the audience cares for uh, or wants to catch up with the rest of that universe on the other side of the coin. So if we give them a cameo before we give the feature film, but after the original TV show, Is that cameo enough for the movie going audience to go, ah, now we have a chance. Let me go catch up. I did like that character and that cameo in that film. There was a TV series. I remember hearing about that. Let me go back and watch that. And then we get the feature film.
2: Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I'm leaning leaning towards as well. It's just a matter of with this franchise itself where we are kind of biased. How do they market it to the masses? I mean, I guess, you know, with Marvel and some of the DC stuff, people know who these super- superheroes are already, but, you know, uh, I guess the research are just figuring out the best way to balance it between a little bit of both. Because I really feel like sometimes we waste time in the movies doing the origin story again or, you know, having to get to know the characters and make room for introducing and and developing the characters compared to just being able to run into the movie and just do the thing, tell the story.
3: I think. Generally speaking about how you know, I just think how they're going to approach this. I think you kind of put hit the nail on the head that in a way we really we need they probably and this is probably will delay the TV show to begin with is that we need to know what Gunn and Saffron want to do with the Green Lantern Corps and what their plans are and which Green Lanterns they plan on featuring. And and that will also probably determine who might also show up in the TV show because for that same reason they may maybe some characters they want to introduce in the show so then you don't have to waste time introducing them as much in the in in a movie and then you can pave the way I don't know it's it, it's really hard for me it's hard to but it's also hard to get really enthusiastic about about anything on it's good to know you know subtly though because he never came out and made it, an official announcement that James Gunn has plans. You know, he certainly is implied he has plans for Green Lantern as well. They should. But the fact is that we have no idea what they are and we've been down this road a lot that all this right now short-term means they're kicking the can down the road and making the and making the show John Stewart-centric changes so much about what we thought was going to go on in that show. It. it I, and again, we don't know if that, what they announced a few months ago, is that, you know, was that already knowing James Gunn was going to take over or was that during the time when they were still desperately seeking someone to take over? And now that he's now that Saffron and he have taken over, maybe they're still going to keep the Green Lantern core show because they already did Peacemaker and HBO max and that worked. So maybe they'll use that. They see the benefit of doing that, but it's still maybe a completely different focus. And yeah, it's really hard to know because you know, you don't, you don't know where, how quickly and what, how much focus they want on the on the Green Lantern Corps.
6: And we all sit here and speculate what what the, what what road they're going to take and you know how they're going to do things moving forward. But at the same time, how many times have us fans been here, you know, especially as GL fans been here at the same stage, right, with these false promises and false hopes that they keep shoveling at us, you know. And you know, sure we get the comic and everything like that, and we get some merchandise and little pitlins and stuff down here and there. But at the end of the day, you know, you got this guy like James Gunn comes along and, you know, he's made good movies. Don't get me wrong. And I, you know, he's going to take the the, he's going to write the ship. I mean, this is what we've been saying all along, that they needed somebody at the helm of this ship to control these characters and to place them in a universe instead of just people coming in left and right doing this and doing that, you know. And I will believe when I see that he shares information, you know, I mean, and I think if you're going to be a big marketing uh, from a marketing perspective, I think if you're James Gunn, I think you should do your marketing to the fans. I think you should listen to your fans. And I'm pretty sure that he may not listen to his fans, but I'm pretty sure he gets a barometer pretty good when it comes to the temperament of the fan base. And more often than not, all of us, when we, when we troll different places that we go to, you can get a certain temperature of people, Uh, when when it comes to uh, the characterization in a movie or how good something's going to do. But I think that's what he should do with this marketing. I, I, I think he should involve the fans. I think he should give us information, you know, and not have it be fake stuff. You know, just I'm not looking for big reveals or anything like that. But at the same time, it would just be nice if people offered up information to say, you know, this is what we have in the works. This is what we're working on and go from there.
0: Yeah, uh, I think I think at the end of the day, it really comes down to like like Phil said, what what the plan is to tell to tell the fans. Now, should you listen to the fans? I don't know. Um, somebody made the point the other day that Marvel uh, cinematic universe execs or whoever's making those decisions. It was a tweet a few days ago. Um, actively reject or uh, disallow people who are fans of the material to be those in charge of writing and or directing the material. I, they, they don't want fans because I guess the idea is you don't want them to, you want them to do something new and unique as opposed to something that's uh, already been done. Um, but still keep obviously the spirit of things. Uh, it all depends on what I, I do believe that James Gunn and Peter Safran at the end of the day have to, they have a lot of goodwill to get back from the fans that's got to be their project numero. Uno. Um, they've got a still movement going on. I don't even want to acknowledge it, but the freaking Snyder Cut stuff or whatever still going on for some godforsaken reason. But do you do you need to appease and and not appease and like accede to their requests slash demands at this point, but do you need to listen to them? Do you bring them back into the fold, or you just need to put push that aside and Bring the people who uh, can be on your side to your side as quickly as possible. And do you do something like a Kevin Feige style, like Disney presentation uh, at E3 or whatever, talking about the timeline? Do you do that consistently or do you only show your hand a little bit? At the first part, wait for a couple of those movies to come out so you can go, okay, we're really putting our money and our effort behind what we're saying we're doing. You guys have now seen that proof on the screen. And then we kind of pedal back a little bit in tipping our hand to what the next phases,
3: if so, look like. They should never appease. We that appeasement is a losing strategy. I they, they learned that lesson from the Snyder cut. You know, they thought that was going to get them some street cred and, and get some of the people that were on their back, left and right, off their back. And it turned out I just gave it empowered them. So you mentioned the thing about how yeah, which was an interesting article or an interesting concept that Marvel actually doesn't want people who are actually fans of, of the comics. It's also probably because that way, if you're a fan of the comics, then you're going to be more resistant to when they want to completely potentially butcher a storyline and change it and modify it for this reason. And for that reason and that potential agenda. You're not gonna have it, you will have a lot more pushback by people that are diehards to the source material as opposed to people that aren't that familiar with the source material. So I think that as, that aspect cannot be overlooked either.
2: Oh, definitely with that, there's a there's a fine line. I don't think it has to go too far one way or the other. You can have diehard people that'll still give you some good damn stories and still be flexible to, you know, working within the confines of the universe. Um, that they're working in. I have forgot what I was going to say. It'll come back to me. Keep going.
4: I think at its core, the whole argument of whether or not to listen to the fans comes down to the the hope we all have that the people making these movies about these characters we love so much understand why we love them so much and will apply that to their interpretation when they're making the movie. And you know, sometimes being a fan of something means you're too close to it and you can't get the most out of it. Sometimes, sometimes the worst person to take the helm of, of property is someone who's a diehard fan of it because you're more of a fan than you are a creator. But I don't know. I it's a, it's, it's a weird balance that you have to strike. And I for one have no idea how to really strike that on a professional level. Uh, I agree with everybody who says, like, I, I want to know what they're doing, but at the same time, I don't want them to start giving us information too early because what happened before could always happen again in that they're going to tell us, hey, we're making this movie. Hey, we're making this TV show, but it's years away and that's more than enough time for things to change and for it not to happen.
2: Yes, we got a Green Lantern TV series coming.
6: In
3: theory. That's, Someday. That's, that's, Maybe. That's exactly.
2: That was my point as
1: well. I know, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So speaking of creative worlds that await us in terms of Green Lantern, we have some new series that are supposed to be coming out. And I'm going to have to pull up a website known as Blog of Oa um, to <laughs> to figure that out, because um, that is where I figured out this thing was was coming up for us. Um and the solicits have been announced, right? So actually, Myron, I'm gonna pitch it to you just a little bit because I know you've already written some content about it. What we've got coming in the future with Green Lantern, two series, it sounds like one featuring Hal, and then another coming just slightly later featuring John. Is that right? That's correct. And
5: Something has happened since then, and I haven't written any, any updates to this, but it looks like it may not be two ongoing series. It looks like it may be two miniseries. Uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson has said in a couple of interviews that what he's doing with Jon Stewart comes later in the year, but it's not an ongoing series. It's like a 12-issue mini. So I uh, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to be getting and Rico tamaki has not i don't know if i i may have just slayed the pronunciation there but uh she has not posted anything on social media that i've seen anyway about her series so i don't know if it's two minis or an ongoing in a mini or what exactly we're going to get interesting
0: um so i'm on the website right now and uh, that's blogavoa.com guys and uh, there was some news about the The future of DC, this next era is going to be called Dawn of DC. Um, And per the website, uh, it says debuting in April 2023 will be Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, written by Mariko Tamaki, who did Crush and Lobo with an artist that is yet to be announced. DC describes the series as fan favorite Hal Jordan returns to Earth and to his blockbuster superhero action storytelling roots. And then later in 2023 will be the launch of Green Lantern John Stewart, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, with an artist yet to be announced. DC describes this series as the beloved John Stewart gets back to basics as the military-trained, gritty, but heroic Green Lantern. So those are the sol- uh, quote-unquote solicits as we have them now. I wouldn't typically consider a single sentence a solicit, but um, that's what we have for now. Knowing that, what do we think about where we're headed, Corwin?
2: um philip kennedy johnson he's the one that did the beta ray bill series right
0: hell yeah
2: yes okay so story-wise i feel like we're in good hands i like him as a writer he's been uh i think i'm getting confused with the guy who writes the alien series as well but he's been pretty damn solid with his stuff i'm looking forward to the back to basics and getting our police force core back hopefully but in some ways, I do still want to see them play with the other Lantern cores. Um, I think at least one good thing that came out of the last series we had is that they started mixing up, you know, which Lanterns will get what colors. You know, Isolande was what, uh, uh, Sapphire, I think? I think so. You know, it, yes. it was cool to see them play with that.
6: Well, I was going to add that it's, it's <laughs> I'm not even a champ john stewart fan but it's nice to see that a book's coming out that's going to focus it's going to focus on what is part of what built john stewart which is his military stuff i mean because we didn't see any of that at all in the past what year and a half during the thorn run um but that's all i was going to add to the solicitors coming out um i'm looking forward to the other one the hal jordan one but anyway that's all i wanted to add to that one
4: yeah these are vague enough like they basically just put out a press release that says like Hal Jordan does Green Lantern stuff, so so I mean, like I I I do legitimately like the idea of hearing that at least one of them is going back to Earth, and I would I would hope like my biggest hope for that book would be that we get you know some normal life mixed in with Hal's zany adventures. Give him a supporting cast, make his his extended family a a regular part of this his series, you know. Flesh these people out as people outside of their out of outside of their uh, cosmic space job. You know, it's it's yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs>
4: I, it's that's kind of all.
2: It's it is really hard because looking back, it is really hard to get from under that Jeff Johns shadow. I mean, he he was prolific with what he did. And The things that came afterwards never quite brought green lantern back up to that level so yeah you know i i pity them in some ways because it's it's going to be very hard very hard to make green lantern what it once was
0: i will say um that not a you, you asked about beta ray bill yes he, he did i did love that series as we know i love all things thor um but for those of you playing along at home philip kennedy johnson also is one of the two writers on the green lantern dark crisis special featuring john stewart so if you want a rough idea about what that would look like you can go back to that issue and marika tamaki actually wrote uh supposedly wrote something in the green lantern um 80th anniversary i have the credits for each individual story listed in that she wrote the jessica cruz uh the story called the voice out of the green lantern 80th anniversary special so if you're looking for samples of these writers and how they would handle a green lantern type character you at least have two relative touch points to go find
3: and corwin we're, we're, i don't think we're ever going to hit the jeff johns peak again that was that was the peak <laughs> I, just, I i i it, it would be nice if there's a second coming of that at some point. But since that was kind of the, when you look at the history of Green Lantern to begin with, that's kind of the aberration. The Green Lantern was ever that big and ever that and ever that popular. That it's it's that's the one that's the drawback to success. It's like you're always chasing it. You're chasing that dragon indefinitely or forever. And we were lucky enough to live through it. And it does make everything else seem un- by comparison. It makes it hard. It always is. It's absolutely a tough act to follow and nobody's really ever followed it well. But it's I I think it's unfortunate, but I don't know if we can uh, if we can ever really expect to realistically, not like a pipe dream, but expect to hit that high note again.
4: I don't really agree with that. I mean, Once upon a time, we would have said that Green Lantern would never be the center of the DC universe like it became during Blackest Night, and then Blackest Night happened, you know? All it takes is for the right creative team to come along with the right idea under the right circumstances. Like, we've seen it happen before, and it took a long time for it to happen. Just because it hasn't happened since then doesn't mean it's never going to again.
3: No, but you're you are correct but it's also and I'm gonna and I'll go to Jim in one second I it's also you have to look at we've seen this and we've seen this whether it's like with the Punisher and whether it's Wolverine and whether it's like Deadpool that you have different characters that hit their niche and hit their time frame and they're like the center of everything for a certain period of time but there are very few characters that consistently do that as opposed to just having their moment in the sun and then, yeah, it could come back again eventually, but there's, but the consistency, there's no reason to, I guess my basic point is there's no reason to believe the Jeff Johns level of success is really either obtainable or sustainable regularly for Green Lantern. It may come maybe once every 15, 20 years, we may have something like that happen. But if you look at the overall history of Green Lantern as a character, there's no reason to think that, there's no reason to think what happened under Jeff Johns's run was it was always there, like a, a diamond in the rough waiting to be uncovered. You could make a case based on approaching the character. I just don't think that you look at the evidence is the evidence. And it seems like you have ca- characters like Spider-Man and Batman and Superman that consistently are the center of everything. And that, and they, and they sustain it. So I that's kind of where I was going with it.
1: It's kind of like the you know it it was the what comes first the chicken or the egg kind of situation where like we know that batman is going to sell 40 bucks a month because batman's super popular but you know the reason that batman is super popular is because like they had somebody on batman that did so well that okay well we'll put some more resources towards it and you know like it keeps on getting bigger and bigger until the point where you know like they're putting so many resources behind it and so many good writers and so many good artists and you know the people that are at the top are like okay well we have to keep this going you know because now batman is a machine that's powering the entire company that you know like way back in the day like batman had a book you know like what detective comics and then eventually he had batman so it's like there was a time where batman only supported two books now he supports 40 green lantern there was a time where green lantern you know was a backup in the flash you know like and then all of a sudden you had four green lantern books and you know like it was a major arc and green lantern was like the major villain and this and that and you know like it's it's not possible until it is, you know, it's not going to happen until it does. And, you know, like your examples, as far as like Spider-Man or Deadpool or anybody else, is just because like there was that one person that had such a vision and drive that they were able to push the boundaries of their comic into other comics. And then you had a franchise. The same thing is, It's easily possible with Green Lantern because of the fact that, you know, you're not just talking. It's not like just Batman. It's not like you just have Bruce Wayne, you know, covering five of his books and then his ancillary characters through the rest. It's like you can have one book for Hal, one book for John, one book for Guy, you know, like or one book for a couple of them and another book for a couple of them and then other cores. There's so much like there's there's an entire universe of characters in just Green Lantern. You know, like um like if Image only had the Green Lantern core, they could still be Image and put out as many comics as Image puts out. You have the resources there. You have the raw material there to put out as many books as Batman, but you have to have the talent You have to have the writers. You have to have the artists. You have to have somebody leading everything with the passion that Jeff Johns had at the time. And you have to have whoever's running the company to be like, yeah, you know what? That sounds pretty good. Let's, let's throw another book on there. Let's throw another book on there. You know, like uh, Dan DeDio, he was listening to Jeff Johns and he said, okay, let's throw another book on there. You know, it's like, it's, in a way, what you're saying, like, yes, this could only happen like every once in the blue moon, you know, once every couple of years, whatever, 10 years, 15 years, whatever, that it's an aberration. But, you know, like if you had somebody like Jeff Johns that was dedicated to just Green Lantern and wasn't then, you know, tapped to also revitalize Flash and then... Also try and tackle the entire, you know, cinema situation that they had going on, while also trying to maintain the Green Lantern universe. Like they, you know, eventually he's spread too thin, and then it's all going to topple down. But the the fundamentals are there to get Green Lantern at the same level as Batman, as Superman, as Spider Man. It's just a matter of, you know, a tremendous amount of talent and people believing that it could happen, which may or may not happen. But it's always a possibility.
6: I was going to say, I I mean, if you're talking about like lightning in a bottle, you know, you're talking about Black and Blackest Night being like, I guess, maybe the heightened success of what Green Lantern used to be back in its heyday. That's a tough barometer to follow. I mean, can you replicate it? Sure. But like at the same time, I guess my question would be, do you do it with a big event or do you do it uh, with, with, I don't know, character building or um, core building um, vice versa? What do you guys think? I mean, how would you go about building that?
0: Uh, you know, honestly, I think, I think this is actually where I want to th- would, would wanna bring Myron in because you know, I'm sure at this point, Myron, you've been asked, you know, variations of this question to death at some point. Um, But, you know, one of the things you bring to the group is the fact that you've been reading longer, you know, consecutively longer than any of us. And so these ups and downs that we're talking about, the cyclical nature of Green Lantern, its popularity, even its its plot, for, for lack of a better word, we see in this solicit for April of 2023, fan favorite Hal Jordan returns to Earth. So one of the cycles of Green Lantern is, oh, sails are dipping. Let's throw them out into space. Oh, sails are dipping. Put them back on Earth. And we play this game of yo-yo back and forth with, uh, with him. And um, the, the, the peaks and the valleys of Green Lantern, as you've been reading it, not just as we learn about it as more modern fans, historically speaking, from that aspect, but from, from your point of view of being there, is it replicatable? Is is there a secret sauce that you've seen within the publication history of one of your favorite franchises that points to this? I think if you if you look at
5: Green Lantern in particular, it is very cyclical. You know, it, it goes through periods of popularity, then it drops down. You know, we, we mentioned it was mentioned earlier that at one point. Uh, Green Lantern was a backup in The Flash when when he no longer hit a series. Uh, it, it is very very cyclical, and the one the one common denominator I've seen when we see Green Lantern become popular is when there is a clear creative vision. And I think the reason why the John era is kind of so far the pinnacle. Is because you had you had not just Jeff Johns. I mean, he had a clear vision, he had a you know three acts in mind, Rebirth and Sinestro Core War and Blackest Night, but he also had Peter Tomasi there doing the core. You know, you had you had a clear yes. thing in mind for how this could become a franchise. And I don't think we have that at DC right now. But like, you know, if you look at the Batman books, you know, that was mentioned earlier too there's a batman group editor so there's somebody who's kind of guiding the batman corner of the dc universe there isn't really anybody doing that right now for green lantern and i think if you got somebody who was an editor who could could help shape a vision for what green lantern means to the dc universe you could get that back i think the the minefield that they have to walk through right now is at this point we've added so many human green lanterns how do you how do you make the audience be accepting of all of them when constantly it's one or two of them getting a the spotlight and that spotlight shifts and so you're always leaving somebody feeling disenfranchised and i think right now that's the biggest challenge that dc has with green lantern is no matter what book you announce someone's going to say well what about this character or what about that character and rightly so because they all have fan bases the the green lantern fan base right now is is probably I would say more divided than it was during the Emerald Twilight days. Uh, the, and you've got people that are, that have strong opinions about these characters and, and somebody has to be able to take these characters and pay respects to all of them and promote them all without knocking somebody down a peg to do it. And I, and right now I don't see that happening, but could it happen someday? I certainly think so. I mean, I think if you go back to the days when, you know, John Broom left green lantern series there were probably people thinking wow this is going to go downhill because john broom was such a creative force for so long and you've had a lot of little mini runs but nobody has since the john broom era up until jeff johns really had a long-term run on this this character set
2: um i was going to make a comment about the core building which i do think is important but um you just kind of made me think about something Do you think these ebbs and flows with the Green Lantern franchise has anything to do with the fact that they are a police force? They are an authority compared to just being, you know, space adventurers or space adventurers. Do you think that society may have some kind of play in that?
5: I think it does to some respects. And I think that's how sometimes we see Green Lanterns looked as a police force sometimes. Sometimes they're kind of looked at as almost sheriffs versus a police officer. Sometimes we see them as knights of the round table. uh, And I think maybe we need to have a little bit of a reinterpretation because there is such um, a stigma right now about policing that maybe we need to have a fresh approach. Uh, This doesn't throw away what we had before, but maybe it's not, maybe police is not the right, the right angle. Maybe it's knights or it's something different. Um, more protectors than law enforcement, I think, would go a long way.
0: Kind of a, a kind of Star Trek mission, but without the the directive to not interfere.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think about it. We've 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 gone back and forth repeatedly. I think it's like that's the constant struggle it seems with what what is the Green Lantern Corps. It's kind of like in, in a way, if you look at at the prequels, it's kind of like the question of you have the Jedi or peacekeepers, you know, they're, they're, they're not supposed to be an army. They're supposed to be peacekeepers. And the Green Lantern Corps, how people view them, at least from an editorial perspective, keeps going back and forth, whether they're an army or whether they're a police force, because they're because those things are not the same. And I think that is that that is probably part of the. There's a there's a constant war between, you know, what do we have? The lost army, you know, after the, you know, they were sent out of the universe. It's like, we don't know that dual duality is what I think is part of why we have a lack of focus. And just generally speaking, because before I give it, I turn it back to Dan. I certainly think it's possible. And I, and I thought I said, and I think I said it, but I, it's possible we could get that. We could get green lantern back to that point. Again, I just don't, my my essence is of what I believe is that it's hard to believe that is it's a lot. Of, it's a lot easier to believe that when you have a long history of being on top of that, you can get back up there, that it doesn't mean you can't ever do it. But if you don't have a long history of sustained success, all it is, is kind of like, well, we think we can do it as opposed to we, we know we can do it. Is it possible? Sure. I'm just saying, if you look overall, at the history of Green Lantern, it's a lot it's a lot easier to look at say, well, that was a that was a perfect storm of everything coming together with the right vision and the right ed, ed, and the right editor at, at DC at, and the willingness to see what how this can change the, the DC universe as a whole that you would need. You need that all coming together. And right now, part of the problem is that Green Lantern has been so undervalued for the last few years. So that's my basic point. Could it happen? Sure. Is it something to we should we should, that should be the goal, what we want to do, what we, what we strive to achieve. Sure. I just don't think it's, it's not, we don't have the history of success that other characters have had. We've had a lot of ebbing and flowing. It's like people spending all this time on like man thing back in the day or the new gods. It just doesn't really, is it possible you could hit lightning in the bottle and you can do something with those characters that has never really worked before? Yes. It's just that the track record tells you, it's going to be a really tough thing to achieve and to sustain.
4: I mean, in a lot of ways, the the history and success and pitfalls of Green Lantern are just like that of the Lantern cast. And that, you know, sure, it's a good idea, but will it really last? I don't know. Happy 500, everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like Mark said, like it's we're constantly going back and forth with are they a police force? Are they an army? Are they a police force? Are they an army? And I'm just sitting here thinking, why can't they just be? a great big superhero team that's spread out across the universe and can go anywhere. Like why are we so fixated and obsessed with giving them some kind of like actual official authority over stuff? Like, like I've, I like, yeah, you can extract some good stories from both of those concepts of, from the law enforcement thing and from the military thing but at the end of the day like as much as those could add to the overall mythos none of it's why i like green lantern like i'm i would be just as happy with them just being adventurers that are all over the place and can go anywhere i mean that's what it, that's what it was for the entirety of of the uh, pre johns kyle era he was just a dude with superpowers that went around being a superhero we could have that again whether there's one of them or a thousand of them
2: yeah good call um i do like figuring out well i do want dc to figure out what direction they should go in i do like the idea of knights and protectors um but yes they need a clear direction first and foremost the whole lightning in a bottle i mean I was so excited for Jeff John, not Jeff Johns, uh Grant Morrison to come on the book. I had such high hopes for what he'd be able to do. You know, I was expecting some of those highs. I'll be completely honest. You know, I was expecting some kind of comeback and it really hurt when it didn't materialize. But some of the stuff Dan says makes sense. So to me, it'll be like, OK, why do they have to have laws and rules? The whole superhero team thing, I think it makes sense and I like it. I would propose that let's let's flip everything on air like they tried to do before. Let's put the Sinestro Corps in charge. Let them be the ones who have the rules and the laws, and then let's let the Green Lanterns be the superhero team out there, just doing whatever it is that they do. I think something like that would be a good start to see if it'll work.
3: Well, it's yeah. the Guardians too, right? That's part of the, part of that issue. No, that. Whether The rules they have to follow and not follow it seems to also be the ebb and flow we keep getting between whether we have the Guardians active or whether we don't have the Guardians active or they here or they're not here. That kind of can, tends to like henpeck them and lock them into certain things that they would otherwise not have to follow or we have to worry about.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that actually. The the Whether or not the Guardians are alive or dead, um, if control if over the goals and aims of the Green Lantern Corps is turned over to the sentience that run it, then uh, I think that is uh, a simple but familiar change that could get us the kind of dichotomy shift that we're looking for. Um, but then again, you know, the Guardians have always been such a big part of it that there have been legitimate times where I'm like, this is such a cool part of the mythos, this touch point to the past uh, and and how everything was done and to the beginning of the universe even so like there's something i would miss by not having them around i think also the the other concern i would have is whether or not we play with that idea to the extent that it impacts the rest of the comics because i think the big thing is sure we can have all of these uh notions about where the green lantern books and the green lantern characters should go but the reality of the situation is that regardless of what end you put in goal you have in mind for the green lantern corps whether they're a military or a superhero organization or what they are a intergalactic spanning organization so re in the reality that's a reality that dc has to start accepting and publishing is Does every space-based story need to have a Green Lantern in it? No, but we need to remember that they exist. And let's keep it in the forefront of our minds as we tell our various DC space-based stories that do we have an opportunity to connect to the larger DCU? What is the most immediate opportunity to connect to the rest of the DCU when you're out in in space, in DC, than the Green Lantern Corps?
4: well we're throwing around all these possibilities and trying to figure out which one would be the best path forward why would we even have to pick just one you know there's a whole bunch of guardians maybe they decide that is that it's you know it's more optimal or logical or or whatever to experiment with different ways of doing things and we get a segmented core we get different factions that are each run different ways you know you want a vehicle for multiple lantern books okay this is the book where ganthet is in charge of his like big group of lanterns and they are run like a regular superhero team and this is the book where a bunch of lanterns are run like a military and you can cut up all of the characters we know and love and distribute them among the different books and we can kind of have everything at once and see how it plays out like this definitely wouldn't last it definitely wouldn't last indefinitely but it would be a way to to test the waters in a bunch of different different avenues at the same time while also getting to creatively explore all, all sorts of different concepts that don't necessarily have to be echoed in every single green lantern title and i don't know it's it's I feel like one of the biggest problems with trying to to quote unquote fix Green Lantern is trying to take all of the things that it could be and cram it into one or two books, which is why we end up having to go with letting characters take turns and concepts take turns. And when we do get a bunch of like a larger family of books, they tend to be a little too much of the same thing. When you know, if you're going to have four lantern books, they should be four drastically different lantern books. They should barely even be in the same
0: genre of storytelling.
2: Or two two in the same kind of core that we're used to, and then they can get experimental.
0: Yeah, I uh I agree. I was actually a little little miffed when I heard and I already forgive me, I already forgot the creator's name, but it's a big name, so I really should feel ashamed about that. Uh when what's his name was supposed yeah, to Lumiere. have
1: a huh? Jeff Lemire.
0: Oh, yeah. When Jeff Lemire was supposed to have that horror-based Green Lantern story, damn, I'm all for it. Horror has actually been a uh, a, a genre of the comic book medium that I've actually come to appreciate a lot more in, the, in actually, in 2022. And lots of different titles I or one-shots I read have horror-based themes. It's just a really cool-ass way to tell a story in a comic book. And to put some of the really excellent uh, indie horror st- uh, storytelling that I've seen in the past year to a Green Lantern story uh, with all that space can provide you in terms of the the endless possibilities of potential threats um, that could equate to horror. I uh, am a little miffed we actually didn't get that series. I think
1: that the multiple cores is, I mean, it's a potential idea, but it's also very similar to what they did with the, uh, was it the the Black Stars or the darks? Not the, was it the second Dark Stars or something like that? In the um. In the not Morrison the last, run. Not in the Morrison run. The one before that. Dark Stars. The Dark Stars in I forget the guy's name. I think the
2: Dark Stars and then the Black Stars I think were the ones. Yeah. That Morrison did.
1: Yeah, I, well, I think Dark Stars was in the series before
3: the yes, Green Lanterns. Yes, before. the Dark the,
1: the Vendetti run.
3: Yes, that's, that's at the
1: end of the Venditti run. Yes, I blocked out his name. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of what we got. You know, like you had a Green Lantern Corps that wasn't exactly the Green Lantern Corps, but they were more militaristic and way more like, okay, let's be pro- proactive. And and stop the threat before it happens, kind of thing. You know, if you have two different Green Lantern Corps and one's like, okay, we're superheroes, and the other one is, we're going to treat this like an army, then the the default would be to make them look so drastically different that eventually one would be evil, and the other one would be the good one, and the good one would have to stop the evil one. And it's kind of it's kind of a trite concept at this point for green lantern for that very same reason i think chad was saying you would be better off going in different genres where you get a horror green lantern book which you can easily do with like just a couple of green lanterns uh there's there's certain green lanterns that are so specifically made for that that it would be perfect you could do another one that's set up like a Green Lantern, like a space western, like Firefly, something to that effect. You could do one that's more sci-fi futuristic, that's exploring the, you know, new sectors or whatever in space. There are so many genres of comics. You could do you could do a romance comic that's focusing on the, the star sapphires. There's there's so many genres that you could focus on in that direction that you wouldn't even need to really go into the fact that it's a police corps or a superhero core. they're just protectors that are doing different types of adventures in different books
2: what you're saying is you want ash back
1: oh definitely i definitely everybody wants ash back come on
2: <laughs> yeah i could definitely see the different genre arc i mean we've all loved the quarterly book they need they need an anthology as well as an ongoing series just so they can spotlight the multitude of lanterns across the universe because there's got to be a story in there for everybody
0: man and you just call it the lantern core quarterly doesn't even have to be green lantern core quarterly um i'd be all over that uh we've been saying it for a long time yeah i do I, i i think genres are the way to go because i think some of the some of the storytelling that we've seen in recent years has all been how do we tell our own unique story in the confines of what we believe Green Lantern to be i.e. the police force the militaristic or or however you want to the protectors or however you want to see that it's 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 all variations on that specific theme for Green Lantern as opposed to shaking up the themes as jim mentioned with different genres and seeing what else the concept can do and what else it means to the larger dcu all right so we've <laughs> talked about where we are currently uh, a little bit we talked about where uh we're headed in the near future based on what's been announced and solicited and we've already kind of started getting into it where do we want things to go uh obviously we kind of askew pie in the sky ideas unless we're talking, you know, a couple of years out or something like that. But based on, based on what, because we do have very little based on what little we do have about, um, where these, these, uh, next steps are taking us. Where do we want the next steps beyond that to go? Whether it be the comics, the TV series, like what in an ideal world, where do you see the next steps for these, uh, for this franchise and the various media forms that it's going to be coming up and going. Uh, we didn't even mention uh, we saw Razor recently in the young justice cartoon. So there's even possibilities for animation and stuff like that. So where, where do we want to see things go?
2: I guess I'll jump in front of the bus. Go ahead. Um, I You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I completely forgot about that whole thing with Razor. Cause that actually made me go back and, Put the animated series on for my youngest because he's never, you know, watched any of that stuff. And it's hard to get him to sit still anyway, but I enjoyed what I saw. So I would definitely love for them to not only bring a TV show back, but bring the cartoon back. Let's give it let's get some younger kids into it earlier than uh than teenagers and young adults. Uh, Comic wise, we did just touch on it. We need a good, solid book with a good premise and direction. The Knight's, the knight's angle, I think, is a good touch. Um, but I definitely want to see all the cores. And like we talked about, an anthology book where we can get a little bit of everything with any character and even new characters. I just want to see them grow it and develop it and not just have these huge hills and valleys where we have a glut of stuff and then we have nothing. because these months of nothing have not been fun.
5: Well, I, I think, you know, to, to echo some of Corbin's thoughts, um, I definitely want to see the Green Lantern animated series back. If I could have any one thing, that would be the one thing, if it was the only thing I could pick. Um, but I'd like to see the Green Lantern universe thriving with multiple comics, uh, you know, at least at least a Green Lantern core book. I think Green Lantern core quarterly opens up the potential for all those things we talked about, all the different storytelling uh styles that we need to have something like that back and and on the other media front other than the animated series i'd like to see a green lantern series that um that really builds the world and shows people what we all love about the green lantern core beyond the earth lanterns you know make it really dynamic and make it really um you know you've got to maybe have a human lantern anchoring it but let's really expose them to all of these really awesome characters that are out there that are not even human and than to have a good, at least a trilogy of movies. Uh, I just I want to see it thriving. I, you know, uh, I'm I'm probably the oldest one amongst us here, and before I die, I really want to see something really great again.
3: It's like being a Jets fan, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just once just once,
5: just one more time
3: which is funny it's like i'm born i was born in 60 uh, i was born in 69 with the mets and the jets and at least you know i'm not really a jets fan i i like the jets but they're not my team but uh, the the mets are so it's not you kind of go through a lot of pain but the jets i feel but the jets fans probably have it worse because they literally had that one moment in the sun and 69 into 70 and they've had nothing since (laughs) uh i do think that We have been in the abyss for a while now, as far as from a comic book perspective. It's like we get one book. It's like the Morrison book was a big name writer and sometimes some of it worked and some of it didn't. And there were some really good issues in there when he dialed it down. And then there were other issues that it was like. It was just kind of uneven. And the Venditti stuff had a lot of good things like we talked about, but he never stick. He couldn't really stick the landing. And the Thorn run was just a mess. I mean, we well, I mean, I can't say we'll never know because it depends. Some people do talk about things. We'll never know how much editorial really cut him off entirely at the knees from what he wanted to do, or just he was way too ambitious. Basically, knowing that he had these multiple arcs that he to tell his entire like had like a three year story that he wanted to tell, and he just throws in a lot of extraneous stuff in the first twelve issues that turned out. Okay, guess what? You're only getting basically one arc in a wrap up issue. So. A consistent direction for Green Lantern, having editorial, not going back, D.C. as a whole editorial, not just Green Lantern editorial, the D.C. editorial, having either taking, taking the reins off and trusting that they have a writer who knows what they're doing or they have the vision of this is where we want Green Lantern to go and again get the writer to help matches their vision. That would be beneficial. And I do want I. Whether I'm in the minority in Green Lantern Dumb or not, I would like I think it's time to do more with some of the other cores because of the even if it's the even if it's an anthology book, because there's a lot of stories to tell there. And there were some of the and maybe just because I'm some of the best stories or the best era of Green Lantern involved a lot of those cores. And somewhere out there is how Jordan the Blue Lantern ring besides St. Walker. So maybe we'll find out one day. <laughs> I mean, as as fun as it is to to
4: think about where it could go and how it could happen, honestly, I'm kind of just down to read any Lantern books I want to publish, no matter what the characters those books are about. I mean, I, I clearly have my favorites, but I love Green Lantern in general, and I want to see creative things done with all of these characters, even if it's only one or two of them at a time. I guess the thing I want the most would have to be that I want to see Whatever they do involve taking chances. Take big swings that may not pay off, but, you know, it would be incredible if they did. You know, so many so many writers and fans just want to rehash the old days, and nostalgia does have its place, you know? But exploring the unknown is always more fun than lingering on what's already familiar. So, I guess... I guess what I want the most out of Green Lantern, where I want to see it go, is to someplace that I can't think of.
0: Jim, I'm curious. What would it take to get you to to read Green Lantern regularly again? I mean, we know you have lots of commitments of time and your family and so on and so forth, and maybe you catch up here and there, but what would get you to become like a, you know, back to your LCS, picking up the new issue as it comes out type GL reader?
1: Uh, I mean, uh, first off, I'm going to need a lot more new Earth Lanterns, um, all green. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of nationalities that they haven't tapped yet that I think they should definitely give green rings to. Uh, really just uh, throw them all at us at once. So that way you can't even, like, get attached to anybody. You know, that that, that I think is the 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 recipe that always works. But... <laughs> <laughs> But seriously. your real answer is <laughs> seriously though i I would really like to I'd like to read Jessica I, like I am a huge Kyle fan, and if they gave me something with Kyle that was good, then yeah, sure i'll I'll read it. I think that'd be great. I think if they gave us a quarterly or a anthology or something like that, that Actually, had like good stories from creators, even if it was like if they did a Green Lantern book like they did Batman Black and White, where you just have various creators coming in and telling Green Lantern stories, uh, just random Green Lanterns out in space, just random stories, and it's all like just green and maybe green and black and white, then I think that would be really interesting because you'd have these creators who don't necessarily have to stick with Green Lantern and develop a whole, you know, story going forward. But if they have an interesting concept, then I think that'd be really fun to read. That would get me interested. Or if they tackle the the genres like we were talking about like that would be something that i would i would at least be interesting to see how it pans out i don't necessarily know if anything like that would get me in on a weekly basis if i would be that excited to see that but i am open to the possibility of that happening i think it would be awesome i think it would be awesome if anybody could come up with something that was so interesting and got me excited that I was really just raring to go for the next comics. Like it's possible just within the past year, I was into 8 billion genies just happened to randomly go into a comic shop and picked up the first issue and just fell in love with it. And I had to, I had to keep going back as soon as the issues drop, because they'd sell out immediately like there was the kind of thing where like I love the issue so much that okay I need to have that next issue so it's not out of the realms of possibilities there are things that will get me into that comic shop will it be a Green Lantern book that'd be great I like I said I Jessica Cruz I think is a really fascinating character and I would like to see a solo book, a core book with her, give me a Sinestro book, give me some kind of weird conglomeration where she's going out with a Sinestro ring and a green ring, and she's got a Sinestro partner and a green partner, you know, anything like that. I don't know that I need to read a John Stewart book anymore. And it's, it's disappointing to have to say that, but I feel like they keep on treading the same stories with him over and over again. And I'm just kind of over it. Like he's he's a character with a lot of potential that they just kind of never tap. And it's always like, okay, let's go back to the Zanshi story. Everybody's got to tell their version of the Zanshi story over and over again. And even, like, the the writers that are like, oh, we're not going to tackle, you know, we're not going to talk about the Zanchi story at all, they still end up talking about it. It's like, what are you doing? Hal Jordan? Yeah, great character. I, after the Morrison run, it's like a Hal Jordan book isn't going to, at face value, get me back in the comic shop. If it's a good book that I hear great things about, yeah, I'll go check it out. But you know like i'm like dan said i'm open to something that i don't know that i want more than anything specific where it's like oh i'd really like to see this happen so that's about where i'm at
0: i'm glad you mentioned the black and white stuff because uh, that's while well, you when you started talking that's the first thing i thought of is the uh marvel's black white and red series that they've been doing uh me personally i picked up the carnage one because i'm going to pick up anything symbiotes but also they just recently wrapped a moon knight one and i've always been curious about moon knight but i don't have any moon knight comics uh and nor did i want to just jump in face first into a recommended run and risk that i didn't like it you know because i just kind of want to spend money on something i know i'm gonna like from the get go. And I knew that when they started releasing the Moon Knight Black, Black, White and Red series, that's exactly what I was going to get because it's going to get it's going to be an anthology uh, series of different stories, different genres, different art styles, all telling sort of one shot stories uh for 48 or however many pages are in that book for like six or seven issues. Uh So I'm bound to like something uh, or even half of what is in that. Series, so yes, a black, white, and green series would be uh, definitely something I'd be down for.
4: Uh, well, I also want to say I I also would love a black, white, green anthology kind of thing. Uh, but I I wanted to point out that they they gave us a taste of that already fairly recently in the uh, the most recent DC Pride anthology had a Sojourner Moline story, which was a film noir detective kind of ten pager where the only color used in the story until the end was the green from her ring. And it made for some like really, really good shots some really good artwork and it accentuated moments very powerfully. And by the end of the story, when color did kind of sort of wash its way in, there was a narrative reason for it. So, you know, you can find that 10 page story and just sort of like, it's not, going to totally fill the need for a whole like a whole volume of it or anything but there is a little bit of that
6: out there.
0: Anybody else have anything to add to where we're headed? Phil, we haven't heard yeah, from you yeah. so that's why I was calling on you.
6: It's all right. Um you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'd like to just have a tales of the green liner core, you know, just a monthly title. Uh you know, I'll take it twice monthly. You know, and if you're going to do that, you got I mean, DC itself has a, a plethora of writers and a plethora of artists that they could utilize to their heart's content, you know. And it doesn't have to be any anybody major. So when they did this round rob that both these round robin series, you know, which are, you know, which would take a whole podcast to deconstruct it and tell you what a terrible idea it was, but at the same time you have such a talent pool of of of, of stuff that people have contributed to, to putting out there, in hopes that people would vote for it and win. Well where does that stuff go? You know what I mean? So where do you, where do you place that stuff? Well, at the same time, how hard is it to place all those titles in in, in some kind of uh, tales book or anthology book and do it in a green lantern kind of way. You know, you got one writer, you, you could tell four stories in each book, you know, four small short stories in each book introducing different Green Lantern Corps members throughout the course of however long you're going to write this thing. And of course you'd have different writers and different artists on there. So you get a dose of just about anything you want. Well, at the same time maintaining your, your, your Hal Jordan book or, you know, and if I had to put it out there, Kyle Rayner, John Stewart, whatever, you know, Simon Baz. <laughs> but, you know, I think, I think fans would, would glean more from having not just be constricted to this is Hal Jordan or this is Jon Stewart. You know, if you have a party going on in a book and it's a Green Lantern Corps party and you got a lot of different alien characters from different universes, different worlds, whatever the case may be, different backgrounds. I mean, you could have a you could tell a lot of stories that way and you could universe build that way or build around what you already have, you know, or build around if you have a, a Hal Jordan book moving forward too at the same time, you know, I just, I, th- I think the Phantom base loses its sight when it says, well, Hal Jordan's my favorite green Lantern, everything else can just suck it, you know, and it's the same thing with just about every earth landing you want to pick. Well, I mean, green Lantern core was built on the premise that it's a green Lantern core, you know, I mean, return to that root you know i feel like we haven't seen the green liner core in its entirety and its wholesomeness in quite some time now and to be quite honest with yesterday i miss it i don't miss the guardians that much but i i, I miss the core i'd like to have more run-ins with the new gods i'd like to have them cross over to more to more stuff moving forward but um outside of that i won't touch on all the media stuff because everybody's you know myron and i talk a lot about having the animated series back i mean is it wishful thinking sure it's a shame to think that they couldn't make money from it because you know they could you know especially when you got a streaming platform that's hbo max when you have a lot of good stuff on there i don't know but i know myron and i always go back and forth about how you know, we, we have our wish list and we have this and we have that. And I often sometimes forget that the ebb and flow in comics is usually kind of it's heartbreaking and it's it's painful at times. And, you know, some it's like with Superman with me, you know, it's been a long stretch where I didn't read Superman. And because I just I don't like Bendis, you know, hated him. And. You know, did I step away from the character entirely? Sure, I did, just because of the writer alone. And I'd do it again if I didn't like the writer. But sometimes we go through these painful lapses and when we don't get to see the stuff that we love. And I'm, I'm just hoping that DC, at its core, returns to what it used to mean to the fans. You know, the fans were there. They're the ones buying the stuff. I mean, don't put our, don't put your faith in us by giving us some crabby ass round robin thing you know when you know as well as i do that i mean that thing could be rigged fixed from any number of different directions but at the same time you're losing a lot of titles and you're losing a lot of readers from stuff that you're not putting out there that people do genuinely want to read green lantern being one of them
0: yeah i think we're speaking to kind of what we want to see and maybe trying to start wrapping things up i actually think Something that's interesting, and I only believe it maybe about 40% myself, but because it's actually there, I have to mention it. I think for the first time in a while, I'm feeling generally more positive about where things are heading with Green Lantern. I feel like I'm seeing DC make a little bit more of an effort, and I don't mean a substantial one, but I see an effort. Now, whether that effort is comprehensive and is appealing is a completely other story. But we do, we are getting things like this, that Jessica Cruz unearthed story. We are getting the Green Lantern Legacy stuff with that uh, Kid Lantern, uh, that they've uh, got two volumes of out now. Um, you know, as as little as we learned about the character, they did choose to make the Legion versus the Justice League book about the Gold Lantern. We do see a lot of Green Lantern uh, action happening within the pages of Dark Crisis. Um, We are seeing the um, uh, McFarland toy line put out more and more Green Lantern-based things, uh, or, you know, Batrocitus-type figures, whatever. Lanterns are starting to appear more frequently in almost every single wave uh, for the past few waves from McFarland. And Funko uh, has been doing things, too, just today. They announced one of their pop comic cover uh, ideas, where they have a reprint of a comic book cover in a case, and then there's a Funko depicting that a character on that cover in front of it. They are going to do All-American Comics number 16, the first appearance of Green Lantern, Alan Scott, and that's going to be a cover, and then they're going to do another Funko of Alan in front of it. Um, the NFT stuff, we've already argued that to the moon and the uh, BS that Funko made people do for that but they did think Green Lantern would be enough of a draw to put them in their NFT thing. So we are, we just got Carol Ferris uh, in a Funko form and a bunch of other stuff. So I do see there being a, whether I'm, whether I like each individual thing is it's a matter, but I see a push and I'm just hoping That it gains some more traction because I feel like those things I mentioned are a little too far spaced out and we needed to get a little more just a little bit more to uh, throw in those gaps to make it feel like we're really starting a drive back. Are you guys seeing that at all? Or like I said, I'm I'm not fully sure I buy that, but I, I did feel a ray of hope and I was like, you know,
3: I have to mention it. No, I think that's a, I think that's an objective fair assessment. I think regardless of how we feel that the books have been going and, and other forms of visual media, that the reality is when it looks at merchandising, especially like you said, be- between the sodas, what, you know, with the Hal Jordan sodas and now that, you know, John Stewart sodas and larfleas that, that just have just come out and, a bit, the Funko Pops, and then of course the Target Funko Pop that we, you know, we, you know, we, you and I had pre-ordered that, uh, which is due to ship, like, well, like another week or so, I think. And I think they up, just updated that. That, uh, I think, there is a concerted push. Uh, now, why there is that, you can always debate that, you know, what the motives are. But I think, as long as these sell, and as long as there's an interest in the merchandise, I think that will maybe it could certainly increase their focus and their determination or their willingness to put more of an emphasis on the books and maybe give us multiple books and because i think that's the way to go the genre idea is good the the anthology idea is good just that idea that and not and having some and maybe the idea of having someone with a plan or at least having like two people working together with a plan even if it was even if it was like a, a more fine-tuned version of what started off with Venditti and Van Jensen, where was really Venditti steering the ship at first. And then eventually they started going their separate ways, but they still were trying to tell a, a coherent story, but focusing on different characters in in different ways. I think that would go a long way too, because we haven't really gotten a lot of that. And then, and because core building, no pun intended, I think going back to something we had talked about in previous segment, that's the way if you're going to build, if you can build Green Lantern, potentially back up to do stories and to the level of where Jeff Johns was, that's how you do it. You do it. You almost have to tear it down. And I don't mean you have to rip things apart truly as an, oh, we, you knew this yesterday, but now it's different. Not that kind of tearing down, but you have to assume people aren't on board with where you are and just start let, building the mythology back up again and the interest and then just one building block at a time to get you to where you need to go.
4: Yeah, I think the worst thing I could really say about Green Lantern lately is that we haven't had a monthly book for most of this year. And, you know, at least some of that is due to Dark Crisis disrupting things. Not all, but some. But realistically, when you look around and like, yeah, we don't, there hasn't been a a series, but Green Lantern has still kind of been everywhere. All like outside of comics, there's been there's been all sorts of stuff happening in toys and movies and stuff. And even in comics like between Dark Crisis, Hal Jordan moments, Alan going into the JSA, different characters showing up in different ongoing books like Hal and Swamp Thing, which is a phenomenal story that really needed Hal. And then you got like out, out of continuity stuff like DC Swore the Undead Gods and DC Mech and Multiversity Team Justice and DC vs. Vampires and War for Earth 3 and all, all this stuff. Uh, uh, jurassic league there is there's still plenty of legitimately good fun dc comics that heavily involve green lanterns that have been coming out pretty steadily and on us on some level it's just a matter it's not even a matter of like well dc isn't using green lantern it's dc isn't using green lantern in the way that we would prefer which is a bummer But at the same time, I can only be so down about it when one of these things comes across my desk. And I'm like, well, I actually really kind of enjoy this, too.
6: Well, worth noting, Jessica Cruz and Chip was in uh, the League of Super Pets. Um, (laughs) And which, by the way, I'll never understand why they didn't spell Chip, C-H-P-P. They had to spell Chip out completely, but... I mean, there's content, like you said. I mean, we've seen Green Lantern everywhere. They're out there. They're in the. They're, it's nice to know that they're recognized in the fashion that they're part of the same continuity. And just, I kind of wish they would show up a little bit more than Batman did in just about everything.
5: <laughs> hey, uh, I just wanted to congratulate everybody in this room, uh, virtual room, albeit. Um, I'm. On- on all the episodes and all the content you guys have put together over the years, it's, it's a mind numbingly big thought to think about how much content has been produced um, by the Lantern cast over the years. And I, I, just think, you know, as somebody who does a podcast as well, I know how much work goes into it. So the amount of dedication and, and the commitment to providing content to Greenlander fans is admirable. And I'm really just happy to be part of this conversation.
3: Thank you, Myron.
6: Agreed.
0: Your checks in the mail.
5: Hey, I figured you gave me a plug earlier. I needed to, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, if if we're done talking uh, on these subjects, what about what about where each of us are headed? So, where where can people find us if we want to go that way? Or, Mark, do you want to do something else within nine minutes that we have left? No, that works.
2: Okay. Guess okay, so I'll kick off. Uh, listeners can find me at earthsmightiestpodcast.com where we have a, uh, Avengers podcast that covers the books monthly as well as EMX where we cover all the X-Men books, which has been fantastic. That's been scratching that, uh, that itch that I've had. And also on Twitter at EMPcast, which,
6: you know, we'll see how long that lasts. All right, Phil. Well, you can find me over with Myron at the podcast of OA still love doing it to this day always have a good time with my man uh i'm on twitter but you know i'll be honest with you i just haven't been engaging in twitter that much lately don't know why just haven't um and instagram but i'm not even engaging in that so if you need to reach me reach out to myron
0: (laughs) Uh, he's gonna send all all his stuff to you cod
6: (laughs) that's fair
4: (laughs) dan mosaic comics on youtube you know now that you've heard me talk to a giant room full of people come hear me talk to nobody i'm all alone (laughs) um but yeah it's it's me doing mostly green lantern analytical video essays just finished doing a whole bunch of red lantern content got some more audience q a stuff coming up and you, you know what? I could plug Twitter, but that'll probably be gone by the time this episode posts. So <laughs> just uh, subscribe to my channel if you want to follow my
1: stuff. Jim? <laughs> I'd like to promote Mosaic Comics. It's a YouTube channel that Dan does. Yeah! <laughs> um, I'm over on Instagram. I make art from time to time. Um, you podcast I, from time to time, too. Very rarely, but still. Rarely, yes. Yeah, no, I... I got I got this co-host that's always just like, "Come on, we gotta do a podcast," and I'm like, "Oh God, I hate that comic." Fine, this nobody. Is made of you sound know. like an old gangster. Uh, hey, come on, we got a podcast. <laughs> Don't worry, it's nobody you guys know. <laughs> uh, yeah, but at Choanata, that's uh, that's where I post my art, and um, that's about it. Every once in a while, I show up here and yell at people and make fun of them and
0: that's about it well people want to find us mark how do they do
3: that you know myron's plug anything else <laughs> maybe they'll feel kind of
0: plug myron no, i was to speak anyway Go ahead, myron you got anything to add i mean hey, blog post right blog posts and yeah, uh, articles yeah. and stuff
5: yeah but if you can find me at the blog of oa and the podcast of oa i'm also phil's personal assistant it seems <laughs> um
6: <laughs> thanks Myron. appreciate it
5: <laughs> you can find me on twitter as long as it's still around and uh, instagram with the blog of oa handle and uh i just kind of hang out in the ether
3: all anyway right. i guess it's our turn now uh lanterncast at gmail.com lanterncast.com is the website you can follow us on twitter like us on facebook hashtag geocast apple podcast spotify and stitcher please leave us the positive review on all platforms you listen to us on and last but not least you'd like to leave us a text or a voicemail 708 lantern and let us know what you think
0: i did want to say before we end thanks thanks so much guys for coming on the episode each each and every single one of you um it's really awesome to be sharing this with you guys dan jim you guys started the show uh and gave it over to to mark and myself and corwin we've been friends as uh fellow listeners and guests on the show for a long long time we're all friends and then phil and myron Um, You know, it's very easy, especially in a content production world where not everybody has the idea of, uh, uh, you know, kind of live and let live. A lot of people are fighting for for uh, an audience and stuff like that. And it'd be very easy to be adversaries. But uh, we we haven't made it that we're actually partners in a lot of stuff. And uh, it's been a very positive experience uh, for the last 14 years of the show for, I think, each one of us here.
6: I think it's worth noting that, you know, I mean, congratulations for you guys, but like at the same time, if the Lanterns ever do decide to take off, you know, and become ever so popular, you know, like, like Guardians or something like that. I mean, lo and behold, our two top podcasts will be the first thing people go to. So (laughs) downloads might start increasing. (laughs) It's always possible.
2: Well, happy 500. Um, It has been an Honored to be here, as always. From the very beginning, I've always loved the show, and I love you guys. Thank you, Cora.
4: Yeah, and thank you all for gathering for the final episode of the Lantern Cast. I mean, this is how we really wanted to go out. We figured, you know, what what better way? Yeah, Merry we'll better Christmas! Yeah.
3: God bless us, everyone.
4: All right, Myron, we're Myron, we're forcing
3: you to take Chad. <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite of a normal draft. We're forced to. Have, we're giving you. Who we we want you to have. It's a dispersal so If draft.
6: that's the case, then if that's the case, then that means that I can become the personal assistant to Myron and Chad. Yes.
3: Yeah, this
4: is this is the podcast equivalent of giving a fruitcake and feeling really really good about
0: it.
5: So you just called Chad a fruitcake.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys happy holidays nice to be nice to be loved
1: i just want to say happy 500 episodes uh which was what like 70 80 episodes ago
4: like 95
1: yeah so this is this is meaningless <laughs> i mean we even we started on episode zero and then had a half episode i mean nothing could be less meaningless than number 500 <laughs> <laughs> we we started the best
4: my my favorite thing we've ever done on this podcast was our first thirty seconds of ever recording because we were trying to we were trying to count in, but Quinn decided we went on zero or not zero, and then Lauren, your wife, just yelled at us for being so stupid.
1: Yeah.
0: We gotta it put does. that audio in, Mark. I think it was I think y'all aired it on episode twenty-five.
3: I don't know. It came back definitely. <laughs> You, well, just just you, re-listen to them, Chad. You'll yeah, find it. Fi- you find it, Chad, then I'll put it in.
1: That's it. I uh, think we should we should end on three.
3: <laughs> I think we should end on <laughs> Episode Christmas. three. Yeah, we probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night. No. Good, good
0: night, night, guys. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yes,
6: thank so you. All all right. long. Good time. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas Bye. to you all. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy New
2: Year
1: and happy holidays no not that
4: god jim stop pretending to be funny so we can end the podcast